It's Wired, the Pistons podcast, presented by Jeep. Here's your host, Matt Derry. Hey, hey, let's do this, everybody. It is time for another edition of Wired, the Pistons podcast, brought to you by Jeep. Indeed, we are here and getting you ready for the regular season. Open up on Wednesday night as the Pistons will travel to Indianapolis to face the Indiana Pacers on October 23rd. Can you believe this is here? It is Wednesday night at Indy for the season opener, 7 o'clock for Detroit and Indiana. And then Thursday night, we're getting ready for the regular season home opener with the Atlanta Hawks coming into town. The Pistons will play three of their first four games at home. Hawks Thursday, next Saturday against Philadelphia, and then uh, Monday, October 28th, against the Pacers at Little Caesars Arena. Matt Terry with you, brought to you by Jeep. Thank you for listening, everybody. As we are here, preseason is done. Pistons finished the fake season at 3-2, and two, and now it's about getting healthy, getting the likes of Blake Griffin back on the floor, looking at this roster, deciding early next week on Monday who the 15 guys will be. And this is a tough call right now for senior advisor Ed Stefanski and his crew up in the front office on just where they're going to take this thing. Who's going to make the team? Is Christian Wood a definite lock? We will talk about all of that with Pistons writer from TheAthletic.com, James Edwards III. He is our guest today, and you'll hear from him momentarily. But I think everybody's excited. I think you guys listening are excited that basketball is back, that the NBA is back, and that the Pistons are back. And last year, this was a team that made the playoffs. This was a team that I think at times frustrated a lot of the fans, and at other times, especially seeing how Dwayne Casey kind of molded the guys, I think people liked what they saw by the end of the season. Finished 41 wins and 41 losses, and I think now you've got to build on it. And this is plus, this is also, if I could speak today, a very big season for a couple of guys who might not be here in the future. And that is Reggie Jackson, the point guard, and Andre Drummond, the team's all-star center. Andre can opt out of his contract. We've had this discussion in the past after the season and become an unrestricted free agent. Reggie Jackson's contract that he signed many years ago with Stan Van Gundy is up after this year. So this is a very pivotal year for this franchise. Uh, and we'll ask James about it. Do they make the, do they take the next step and keep everybody intact and build upon that and maybe find some younger players that are part of their rotation that are a part of their future? Or if things go south, would you trade off some of these pieces, which teams do at the trade deadline with players on expiring contracts to sort of do a rebuild and a retool? I don't think that's the plan. In fact, I know it's not the plan. I think the Pistons feel like they can move up in the East with everything that's going on in the offseason. Of course, the Kawhi Leonard uh, uh, departure from Toronto, injuries around the league, Kyrie Irving no longer in Boston. Now he's in Brooklyn. How the East shapes out and shapes up, I need to take a look really at the first few weeks to see where some of these other franchises are. I know many people are picking either Milwaukee or Philadelphia to come out of the East. And I don't think anybody here is saying that the Pistons um, are going to finish one or two at the top, but you never know. You know, we had a conversation with Bruce Brown right here on Wired last week, and he was one of the guys to say it. Why not shoot for the stars? Why not have a goal of winning a championship? There are some good pieces on this roster, but it's up to the coach and his staff to put them all together and figure it out and get some wins. I think this team has that potential. It's a much deeper team than it has been in years past. There are a lot of bodies that all can contribute. The question is, who will be the guys in that first eight or nine that Dwayne Casey's going to lean on? And also the health concerns. Two key players for this team always have had injury problems in the past. 
Blake Griffin, who was fantastic last year and is the franchise player now here, here in Detroit, and also Derrick Rose. You know, Derrick Rose has been limited in, in some seasons to 40 games, 50 games, 60 games. Can Derrick Rose get closer to playing between 70 and 75 games for this team and stay healthy? Because if he can, he's already become a crowd favorite. For those of you that, that were at the LCA a couple of weeks ago for the three preseason home games, the crowd really, really has attached itself with D. Rose. But he has to stay healthy. Let's welcome in our guest this week on Wired, the Pistons podcast. James Edwards III covers the team for TheAthletic.com, does a fantastic job, and gives us a few minutes here as we're getting ready for the regular season. James, thanks so much. Hey, Matt. Thanks for having me on. How you doing? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Hanging in, man. Excited for the season, and obviously, you know, Wednesday it gets going for real. What, what did you learn from this preseason, if anything, uh, about this team? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I definitely think, first and foremost, they're a better team. Um, obviously, what happens uh, come the end of the season is different varying factors can play into that. But, I mean, you, you add Marquise Morris, a guy who's uh, for sure a rotation player, a low-end starter, and you have him come off the bench last year. They had a lot of issues with that backup front court. Um, so, you, so you lock that up, and it's just been consistent for them over the last three years. But you get Derrick Rose, who's I would I think everybody would agree is an upgrade, and they're better at that position. Internal improvements. You see Luke Kennard, and he's looked a lot better this uh, this preseason than maybe, um, or even dating back to the end of the last regular season. He just looks like he's ready to take another step. Uh, I, I just first and foremost, this team has gotten better. Um, now, obviously, we have to see some meaningful basketball to uh, to justify that. But you, you just look around; they look like they have a few more NBA players than they did a year ago. You mentioned the depth and some of the pickups, and obviously Ed Stefanski and his crew didn't have a ton of dough and uh, resources to go get guys yet. That's that's one more off season, but. Uh, it sounds like you like what they did, and, and, and I guess, too, it, it does add to some veteran kind of presence to that locker room. Not that they needed it. You know, Blake Griffin was a great leader last year, but sometimes you look at these playoff teams and you see more vets uh, than young guys, and that, that may translate into a few more Ws this year, don't you think? No, I agree. It's important to have veteran leadership. I mean, even people want to talk about Joe Johnson. There, there seems to be a, uh, a very uh, strong opinion that, Christian Wood should make the team over him. I, I think they find a way to keep Joe Johnson on the team for what you said. Veteran leadership, a uh, guy that has been there before. Blake looks around at that roster last year, and there's not many guys who have kind of been to the heights he's been to. Derrick Rose has, and, and you add Joe Johnson. There's a lot of young uh, wings on that team. Just to have a, a guy to kind of guide them through is helpful. But even like you said, Derrick Rose, uh, veteran addition, has been in the games, been in big moments, knows what to do. Uh, obviously, we talked about Blake. Keith has played in, in, on some good teams. Um, it's it, I, I take importance in that, um, just having guys that have been there and been in the moment, and then also guys that can kind of share um, what they've learned throughout the years and, and, and spread it on to the young guys. Because that's, I mean, at the end of the day, that's super important. All right, you kind of. I, I was waiting to let the fourth or fifth question to get to it, but I got to piggyback what you just said. You brought up the name Christian Wood. You know, I can't recall, and I'm not saying, let, let's let's not get crazy here. We're not throwing a parade, James. Town Woodward yet for Christian Wood, but, uh, you know, we, we we had hot girl summer, right? Now we got a, a Christian Wood fall. It's like people are thinking this guy's going to be playing 30 minutes a night. The situation with Andre will present itself next summer. I think you should have a young guy in there that you can kind of mold. I, I think Christian Wood 
um, at least in open doors settings, has shown worthy. I don't obviously know everything that's going on behind closed doors, but I think he's proved himself that he at least uh, should, should be on this team. And yeah, I don't know. I think they keep him. I think they find a way to maybe move some other pieces so that they can keep the likes of Wood and maybe even Joe Johnson. Uh, who? That's up for discussion. There's a couple guys that make sense to, to try to trade, but as you know, Matt, it takes two to tango for a trade. And if uh, they can't find any trade partners, then you wonder which direction they go in terms of they keep Joe, they keep Christian. Uh, you mentioned Joe Johnson. What are the realistic, you know, I guess, expectations for him th- this season, do you think? Yeah, I I know that when they've when people have mentioned Joe to, to Dwayne in the front office, they, they talk about his ability to play in big moments, be a spot-up shooter. Um, I honestly just think his role is to be a mentor. James Edwards III from TheAthletic.com covers the Pistons, joining me here on Wired. All right, uh, you know, we've talked about some of these bit guys a little bit, but really uh, the season could, you know, end up hinging on the big three. And I know that some fans cringe when you say big three, including Reggie Jackson, but how how do you look at this in terms of, Blake Griffin, obviously, minutes restriction at times. Andre Drummond, a big year, could be a contract year. And Reggie Jackson, we know, is a contract year. How do you look at that at that trio right now? Yeah, I, I don't think uh, any of the fans that, that cringe at calling it a big three were, uh, were wrong based on what they've seen this preseason. I mean, Reggie has not looked too good. Um, he hasn't shot the ball well. Um, poor decision-making at times. Which is a little odd because he he looks like he's been a little worn out. But I mean, he had his first uh, healthy off season in, in several years this summer. Um, Blake didn't play much. I, did, I wrote before the preseason that I, I expect him to play less than three games, and that's what he did. He only played two. Um, hamstring soreness for him is what they report, and I mean that could be a uh, that, that could be a concern going in to start the year. Obviously, they they've been precautionary and. Uh, they're hoping to have him ready for opening night, but you you never know there, especially with his injury history. I thought I thought Andre Drummond's looked good all preseason, uh, so that's a that's a positive sign. But for Detroit to kind of do what they need to do, they need Blake to be Blake, and they need Reggie to be kind of what he was at the beginning of at the top of this calendar year um, when he was shooting the three ball off the uh, off off ball well, um, kind of looking gauge, kind of took took a liking to his role as a little bit more off ball and it took him a while to get to that point where it's, it's tough taking the ball out of a point guard's hands, but Dwayne and Casey did it. Um, and it, it took Reggie a little bit of time to kind of come around to it. But when he did, he had, he had a really good stretch there at the top of the calendar year. So yeah, it's a little concerning right now because you didn't see Blake, but you kind of just trust that Blake will be ready. And then Reggie hasn't looked too good. So this is why I've been saying the in-house development of a lot of guys like Luke and Bruce and, whatever speed can give you, um, that's going to be key because they're going to need some extra points from some. All right, so, so you mentioned Blake Griffin. Obviously, I mean, does the season, I'm not saying the entire season hinges on his health, but, you know, we're not going to see a year like we saw last year, James, where, where he's that healthy. I mean, they've got to they've got to feel like there's going to be some games, not only for load management, but there's going to be some games he's going to miss this year, right? Oh, yeah. When, when they talk about load management with Blake, um, but I guess you could say it like this. There's different ways to do load management. Um, like you said earlier, there's minute restrictions and then there's games missed. I think with Blake, it's going to be a games missed uh, scenario. I think if he's available to play, Casey's going to use him like 
a, a coach would use a superstar player. He's going to play him 30-plus minutes. I think that's how it's going to be. He might break those up more, maybe not let Blake play, um, start the game at such a long streak of, of minutes. Um, he might try to break it up more, but I think Blake's going to be a uh, a guy that's going to be affected in terms of games played instead of minutes necessarily. Um, I think Derek Rose could be a combination of both. I see him his minutes maybe just being lower most of the year, maybe mid-20s, low-20s. Uh, depending on what they get from Reggie Jackson. Uh, but, yeah, with Blake, uh, there's going to be a lot of games that uh, he is not around, and a lot more than last year. And I, I think the big thing is can that team can the team stay afloat with that? Can this team post a 500 record in games when Blake's not playing? And if so, that's a good sign. If not, well, it kind of goes back to last year what Casey was saying. There's a reason why he didn't rest Blake so much because he couldn't afford to. Tom Gorris has come out and said, look, he loves Andre. We know this. This is nothing new. Um, you know, what, what's, what, what do you look, how, how do you view this season for him, and, and what is the scenario where somehow he might not be around after this year, or is there not one? Yeah, I mean, I think he's going to treat this year as a contract year, and I think Dwayne's hoping that um, instead of him trying to take it upon himself to put up high individual numbers, it's it's him realizing that he'll get money based on team success. And a lot of the guys that get paid in this league, for the most part, are, are guys that come from, from winning cultures and winning teams. Um, and, and I think that's what Dwayne's in their conversations, is going to try to get across to him. Now, do I think he's on the team next year? I don't know. I, I, I could see a team throwing him the max, and I, and I don't think Detroit does. Uh, but it, it's going to be an interesting scenario. They, he's young. Um, if they can get him for like 20 mil a year, I think it's probably worth considering. Um, unless the, the franchise decides it wants to go in a different direction, maybe, and maybe start a rebuild. Um, but if, if that's still not in the cards and their goal is to be competitive, then if you can get him for the right price, I think he comes back. I think he likes Detroit. He's one of the few players I know that spent a good amount of time here in the summers. Um, he essentially grew up here. He's been here and this will be his eighth season. Um, it's, it's going to be a tough call, but if somebody throws him the max, I'm Detroit. I'm not sure if I'm doing that. James Edwards III, theathletic.com, covers the Pistons. Joining me here on Wired, Matt Derry with you. Regular season starting Wednesday night at Indiana, and then the home opener Thursday against the Atlanta Hawks. Oh, by the way, I saw Vince Carter going off last night. The guy's like 50 doing his thing. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. It's good, though. It's good for the league, um, and he's always been good. Yeah, it'll be fun to see him on Thursday. All right, so, you know, reasonable expectations, James. You know, this team last year finished at 500. I think they were right at 500 because of the end of the year when Blake Griffin kind of, you know, was hurt. How many wins do you put on this team as you play the prediction game? Yeah, I mean, I think their ceiling is 45, basement 37. Um, I, I think they get somewhere... 41, 42, I'll say 42, um, a little bit better than last year. Uh, again, like you said, I don't know if I can, if you can trust Blake, not trust Blake, but if if you can get as lucky with his injury, with his health as you did last year, I don't know if that's possible. Um, and until I can see that this team can survive a stint without him, I, I, I'm not sure that they are uh, to get much more than that. All right, this podcast posts on Friday. We got the weekend. The teams, the rosters have to be set on Monday. What's Ed Stefanski, Malik Rose, and company going to do 
If you had a, a crystal ball over the next few days, could there be a trade uh, being made? All of a sudden, you know, f- spots 14, 15, and there's no such thing as spot 16, but it's there now. Uh, how, where do you see yeah. this roster kind of uh, going in the next few days? Yeah, I, 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 and my, my gut tells me there will be a trade made. Um, like I said, I think they do want to try to keep Christian Wood. Um, I do think they want to try to keep Joe Johnson. Uh, so you look at wh- what do they do with Son? Is Son somebody that they can move? Is somebody that they want to move? I mean, even if they keep Christian Wood, they're still pretty thin in the front court. Uh, it'd just be Andre Wood, uh, Blake, and, and Morris. You kind of want a little bit more security there. Is Kyrie Thomas? Is it, is it his time to move? They traded up for him um, a few years ago to get him, um, but he kind of hasn't separated himself from that class. Obviously, being Bruce Brown and Sweet Mahaluk. Uh, he seems to be a little bit in the predicament. And at a point, they were going to have to make a decision on on one of those three. I didn't think that all three would be around for many years, and maybe they're going to pull the trigger on that a little sooner than most thought. But, yeah, I would assume Kyrie might be a little bit easier to move, only makes about north of a million this year. Um, Young guy still, some team rebuilding or a team looking to kind of add a little bit more youth, could take a swing on him for a second-round pick, and then that answers that solves their problem of keeping Christian Wood and Joe Johnson. Uh, but, but, yeah, my gut tells me there will be a minor trade. But, I, again, I don't – you just never know. It takes two to tango. And, and Seku, does he spend most of the year in the G League? I'm not sure if he goes – if he spends a lot of time in the G League. I think that they want to keep him around, help him get acclimated to the NBA, American culture, Detroit, um, kind of put him under their arms in the practice facility. There'll be times, I think, where he goes to Grand Rapids and comes right back to Detroit. I don't think he stays in Grand Rapids for like an extended period of time at all. Uh, I think there's probably going to be a lot of back and forth with him, if there is any. But I, I think you'll see him a, fairly, a fair amount um, around Detroit in the facility and on the bench and games and stuff like that. You mentioned Svee before. I'm kind of all over the place here. But um, I like him a lot. I loved him in college. You know, did he separate himself? Like you mentioned, Bruce Brown's been fantastic going back to the summer, and I love what he did defensively against Luca a couple weeks ago. But where's Svee in your mind? Yeah, Svee had a uh, had that opportunity that those young guys, being him and Kyrie, have been waiting for. The the, the minutes were that were a lot of the Langston Galloway last year, where there were some there for the taking, and Dwayne obviously felt that Svee was ahead of, of Kyrie to to go take some of those minutes and he played significantly in the preseason. I don't, you saw some good things, uh, but he was not very good against Philly. Um, he hadn't shot the ball great this preseason. Uh, I think Dwayne wanted Svee to go and try to take that job. Uh, I know Dwayne thinks that he can play Svee and Langston together, so that's a possibility still, but I think he kind of wanted to see, put the young guy in that position and see what he could do. And I don't think Svee really took the job from Langston. I think Langston, was as good, if not a little bit better than Svee. And um, so now for Dwayne, who has a kind of an objective to win and make the playoffs, he has to make the decision, do I go with the guy I know I can trust and that's that's been around for me, and, and do I play him and try to get to this, or do I give a young guy a shot and see what happens? And it's always tough when you're a coach and you're asked to, to try to make the playoffs because that, that bench spot is, while it seems middle school, uh, they like to shoot a lot of threes, and Dwayne, Needs a three-point shooter, a consistent one. And Langston Galloway wasn't that, but Svee hasn't shown that he could be that either. So it's going to be a tough call, but I think Svee, uh, 
I think we'll see Svee a little bit more than we did last year, at least, even if he doesn't kind of take over that rotation spot. And I will say this, and I've been around uh, some bad situations with the Pistons in the past with coaches and just poor communication. Heck, I, I could write a book about John Kuster and Rip Hamilton. But uh, I may do that. It may be in my book down the road. But let, the one thing I, I think that is in the Pistons' favor is a guy like Dwayne Casey is going to be communicating with every guy every night. And and I think the guys are going to listen, right, James? I mean, you, you've been around him more than anybody. That that's a, that's a feather in the Pistons' cap is that they've got all these guys kind of throwing against the wall and hoping that if you stick in a lot of similar spots. But I think the coach will be up front with all of them, and I don't think we'll have any – pouting or unhappy guys because I think the communication will be there, right? Yeah, no, I don't see that. That that locker room isn't that. They all have respect for Dwayne. I think what he did in Toronto, like, cemented what he's kind of, how he's looked in the NBA. Um, He's a straightforward guy. He he shoots straight. He lets you know what's what's going on, why you're not playing, why you're playing, what your role is, uh, what you need to do to have a more impactful role. He's a guy that, that kind of puts it all out there. I think the players appreciate that. Um, and, and they respect that. You know, you're not going to see uh, any anarchy movements uh, under Dwayne's watch. I don't think. James, real pleasure, man. Uh, love reading your stuff and continue uh, continue the great work. We'll see you Thursday. I really appreciate it, Matt. Talk to you soon. James Edwards the Third. You can read him at theathletic.com. He's our guest here on the Pistons podcast. Wired proudly brought to you by Jeep. Had a lot of good points and a lot of interesting points right there. Talking about this roster and. I think James is spot on, you know, in terms of ceiling and maybe, you know, winning between 43 and 45 games and, and, and exceeding maybe expectations for certain people. But also this team, if the, the injury and the health concerns come into play, may dip down. Uh, you know, to me, it's, it's pretty simple. They've got to improve from last year. And last year they, they made a nice improvement and a nice jump under Dwayne Casey. Uh, but this is going to be a definite big year for Reggie Jackson and Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin, those big guys. But also, some of the bit players, we're going to find out, you know, will Bruce Brown hold on to his starting spot all year? Will Tony Snell start and hold on to it the whole year? Can guys make shots? You know, Luke Kennard just got his uh, fourth-year player option picked up on Thursday. So he'll be here through 2021, and, you know, that option's just over $5 million. He's a player that I think can really maximize his potential this season and get oh so much better in year three. And he'll be a key cog moving forward. But as it's been pointed out, the only guaranteed contracts for next season, besides Kennard, are Blake Griffin, Derek Rose, the rookie Seku, and Kyrie Thomas. And you heard James Edwards say it. He might be the odd man out when this team unveils its final roster on Monday. That'll do it for Wired, the Pistons podcast. Don't forget, you can get your tickets and get down there. I hope to see you next Thursday or this Thursday for the home opener against the Atlanta Hawks, a 7 o'clock start. The Pistons will open the regular season on Wednesday night at Bankers Life Fieldhouse against the Indiana Pacers. We'll talk again next week right here on Wired.